Chucky, wanna play? (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one, Hannah. Just kidding. I'm Hannah, but I still wanna play. Yeah. Yeah, play all day. Yeah. Chucky and Jigsaw just going at it. (laughs) Time for games. Playing, play, 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 time. I I would love to see that beef. Like, I know that Chucky and Megan had Twitter beef, but imagine Chucky versus Billy the Puppet. I think Chucky I feel would like, that little puppet's ass. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He would treat Jigsaw like the nerd that he is. Dunk his head in the toilet yeah. for Oh, you wanna real. play a little game? Wanna play a little game, little babies? <laughs> fuck you. Fuck your rules. And then just flips a table. <laughs> you know, if I had a nickel for every movie I've seen where a child named Andy has toys that come to life, I would have two nickels. Which oh. is not a lot, but it's weird that it's happened twice. Holy shit. <laughs> I didn't even think, I didn't think about, about that. that. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> Which like think, to be fair, Toy Story Toy did Story, fuck me up. Do you think Toy Story kind of accidentally took some inspiration from No. No? No. Like Maybe subconsciously. A, maybe. But Andy's just a popular name. I mean I knew like a ton of Andy's when I was growing up. We know an Andy. We do. Shout out to Andy. Shout out to Andy. <laughs> if your name's Andy, this one's for you. That's what the A in LGBTQ <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. It stands for Al. No, it stands for asexual. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first half, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, it is. It is Pride Month. This is part of our Pride Month programming. The Pride some D of, Month. <laughs> some of you might be saying, hmm, child's play? Really? So, if you're not super invested in this franchise, um, you might not know, but the later, the later child's play movies get very queer. Yes. And that is... Thanks largely in part of the creator, Don Mancini, mm-hmm. who is a gay man. And uh, as the series went on, a lot more of that got brought into it. Mm-hmm. So even though the first one is not an explicitly queer film, I still think it is worthy of talking about during Pride Month. Yeah. Because I... this series as a whole has had a very good legacy mm-hmm. and... It's definitely, like, recognized as a queer horror franchise. Yeah, I feel like this month we're gonna, like, kinda try and highlight people who work in film who are, who are, like, openly, like, LGBT queer, um, and, uh, yeah, like, I feel like just as much as we, like, talk about, like, characters and things, we, we should also talk about the people who wrote them and how that influences uh, the films 
as a whole. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because Chucky like... is one of the major slashers of the, the genre when you think of, like, figureheads mm-hmm. of horror or, like, icons that scared you as a child. Chucky is one of them, and he has influenced so much culture and a big... And it's important to remember that, like, the pillars of horror are interwoven with um, queer identity. Oh, Frankenstein, sure. uh, Chucky, and it's well, just, it's really cool it's to see. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, finished thought. It's really cool to see. Yeah, and uh, I, I will say Chucky himself, I think, is very straight. But he's <laughs> an ally. You know? He, uh, I, yeah, feel, I feel like in the... Rip. In the Chucky show, it gets a little more weird with Chucky specifically because of the way he possesses Nika's body. Okay, and I have like, not seen the Chucky show. Um, there's a lot of gay shit happening I with know. Jennifer Tilly and Nika. And that, that's Jennifer Chucky Tilly. and Nika's yeah. body, but he's like really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, the fact that Jennifer Tilly is there automatically gives yeah. it a little bit of queer energy. Just I'm mommy, too young sorry, to mommy. have seen Bound. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And all I, I haven't seen the Chucky show, but I know they really they they're not like tiptoeing around it or only leaving it in the symbolism. Like I I've heard mm-hmm. that audio clip where Chucky full on says, "You know, I have a queer kid," and it's mm-hmm. <laughs> and the cool thing just, it's so beautiful. The really cool thing about the show is that they actually hired a non-binary actor to play Glenn and Glenda. Um, it makes my heart super happy. Hell yeah. 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 So over the course of the franchise, you do see them sort of struggle to to figure out how to represent this certain section of the queer community. So it's not always clean, but that's identity, right? Like you're not there is no right way to be queer. You mm-hmm. you just like you trial and error and the fact that they're still trying and still pushing to be you know, understand what it means to be gay or non-binary or whoever you are matters like it's not just something that was kind of there and then they let die away it's something that they passionately pursued through yeah. over the years and that's that's really cool mm-hmm. yeah let's get into this movie because um yeah this it's is a it's a movie it sure is a film of the cinema that uh uh one point upsets me greatly and then the rest of it is very cheesy <laughs> yeah this because i know like this franchise as a whole has a reputation for being very campy and mm-hmm. fun later on but the first movie is like it's not scary but it's you get so attached to the characters mm-hmm. they i will cast- say there are Two scenes that I think are legitimately terrifying. Like, yeah. I still got scared watching them. Um, they cast the most precious little boy mm-hmm. on the face of the earth to play Andy. <laughs> and, I mean, this little child just, like, I would kill for him. Mm-hmm. I would do anything he asked me to. He is just the sweetest little kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Alex really- Vincent. Yeah, you get really attached to Andy as a character um, because it's kind of like f- not from his perspective, but like also from his perspective in a way. Like yeah. you don't really know what's going on, but he keeps telling you like outright what is going on. And like if 
if the adults in his life would actually like listen to him, things would have been uh, cleaned up pretty quickly. Yeah. At the Um, same time, there is a moment where, I mean, the premise of the film, I guess we can get into what, what I like about the whole nobody believing Andy thing. Cause there is a point where that turns and Mm -hmm. it's not the whole film, which I think, a lot of these kind of things where like it's a no one will believe the child they draw that out a lot longer whereas this one they kind of let the mother get on the side of the kid earlier Mm -hmm. than most films would yeah Yeah. um she like she's like finds out about like like chucky being a, a little serial killer like in the middle of the movie and then she's trying to convince like the police officer um, that, you know, he's alive and Prince he's Humperdinck, not believing. Yeah. 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 Prince Humperdinck slash, um, uh, Chris Sarandon, uh, who was in, uh, the original Fright Night, um, who, and, and he was also the voice of, uh, well, at least the speaking voice of, uh, Jack Skellington in, uh, oh, the original Nightmare that. Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. I knew that, um... That Danny Elfman was the singing voice, but yeah. I forgot that. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, uh, for whatever reason, Tim Burton would not let uh, Danny Elfman do the speaking role either. Hmm. He gave it to Chris Sarandon instead. But like, I I don't understand why they cut it up like that. Anyways, I just feel like if if Danny Elfman was like, "Hey, I want to do the speaking roles too," I would have given it to him. <laughs> You wouldn't have to pay paid more for it, and also like I he heard was really during the time, the yeah, yeah. I heard during the time they were kind of going through it together as like partners, and like maybe mm-hmm. it was like a mutual like, okay, I'll do this, but then maybe we should. I don't really want to do this anymore. I don't know. I don't know enough about that situation to know. I just yeah. know they were having a little bit of a tiff. That's yeah. a future podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's break down the plot of Child's Play. All right. So it begins with uh, a shootout. Yeah, a shootout. And uh, this is and like the motherfucker only time... from Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Brad Dorif. Um, motherfucker, affectionately. <laughs> yes, I got to meet him one time. He was very sweet, and then I took a picture with him, and I don't think he really knows how to smile because in every photo that I've seen of him, including the one I took with him, he, like, he, like, does this, like, weird, like, grumpy face, even though I feel like he's trying to smile. Um, But he was very nice anyways. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to blame him for that. Some people just have resting bitch face, even though they're amazing actors. (laughs) I do. And he's primarily known for this, as well as I googled this because I forgot his name. Wormtongue uh, yep. from Lord of the Rings, uh, his, The Two Towers. Yeah, he, um, one of his very first roles was also in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So, so he plays, um, I can't remember the character's name, but he was in that movie with um, the other two people who had like their debut in film in that movie were Christopher Lloyd and uh, Danny DeVito. Yeah. So like those three, like all came from that movie and, like, had, like, amazing careers. Yeah. So, we see him in a shootout with some other guys. Um, he plays a notorious serial killer criminal yeah. named Charles Lee Ray. Yeah. Nicknamed Chucky. 
Yep. So he gets fatally shot, and he's, like, in a store. Yeah, he, he, like, runs into a toy store to, like, get cover, I guess. And uh, there's one point where he he's, like, sitting there, like, bleeding out and dying. And he, he uh, starts to perform His partner a spell. has abandoned him. A cop has shot him. He's on his yeah. way out until... Yeah. Yeah, until he, like, looks over and sees a doll and starts, like, performing this, I guess it's voodoo. It's not really real anything. (laughs) So this is, like, one of my, maybe my biggest problem with the movie is it's not a good representation of voodoo. And it was the 80s, and they always did some really weird stuff Mm -hmm. involving marginalized cultures yeah and yeah not... this film does have the the magical negro trope yeah um, it, it's it's pretty racist but like also like it's kind of par for the course for the 80s at this point yeah <laughs> um but people still like really i guess enjoy like the fun weird magic i feel like as long as you acknowledge hey this isn't real voodoo and like this is just them like saying yeah. some made up and, bullshit and i don't think they ever do actually use the word voodoo i i don't That's remember kind of if they do or not but like to be but yeah anyway it's not accurate it's not a good portrayal yeah and we can acknowledge that and yeah but um it's been, like, that kind of, like, spell thing has been referenced in, in many things, including the new Onyx movie, Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls, um, uh, has a reference to, like, the spell in, in yeah. this movie. They have Jeffrey Combs saying it, <laughs> which is really fun. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, uh, so he's like doing some magic and uh transfers his soul into the body of a doll named Chucky. Well, well his name is Chucky. Well, his, well yeah, it's a good guy doll, but like yeah. but like yeah, you uh, so <laughs> you know what I mean? The writers of this movie, like Cabbage Patch was just a huge fad. Mm-hmm. So that's what that was based off of was like they mm. came up with this doll called the Good Guy Doll, and it's based on a TV show, because, you know, it was the 80s, and every TV show was mm-hmm. just made to sell toys. And you ha- you gave your doll a name, and yeah. it was kind of like the Cabbage Patch Kids in that way, and it's mm-hmm. like, within the universe of these films, it's just this huge thing, and everyone wants a Good Guy Doll, because it's mm-hmm. like, state-of-the-art technology, it talks to you, and- It says, like- Three or four different phrases, I guess. That's what it says in mm-hmm. the commercial. Yeah, and it's like very big for a doll too. Yeah, it's kind it's, of child sized. So yeah, it's like two, three feet tall, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, interesting our like relationship because like scary dolls have been a thing before this film. Like I would say the biggest example before Child's Play came and kind of blew up the. The haunted doll market. The biggest example was the Twilight Zone episode with Talking Tina, where oh, it's kind yeah. of a very similar concept, except um, the doll itself isn't possessed by any particular person. It just is sentient and hates the family of the child. Yeah. 
that owns it and is like slowly picking them off one by one and like driving them mad with paranoia which honestly kind of points to the thing i like the most about this movie which is the the period immediately after he transfers his soul to the doll and um she gets this doll from a guy um who stole it from the store and is selling it on the street Mm -hmm. and before all that um uh it's actually andy's birthday and he wakes his mom up with like this nasty ass breakfast that he made this stressed me out so much like it's very sweet of you to like want to make your mom breakfast in bed but he was like burning like toast and just like scooping like the biggest fucking scoop of of butter onto the toast yeah and then he like filled the bowl too full of cereal and it was like spilling milk everywhere and, and then he, he put three he put, spoonfuls of sugar uh, on yeah, top of that uh, and i'm like who put sugar on top of their cereal i and guess that was sugary. a thing back then but also the cereal was already sugar yeah <laughs> and i feel like sugar in cold milk like it's yeah just gonna, that, like, it's just gonna be up. nasty grainy like it's gonna be in I your mean, teeth Maybe but he is, is like, also four years old. He is four. He just turned four. No, he just turned six. Oh. I he he seems four. like he's four. He does Nobody seem six. like he's four. Yeah, he's okay. just turned six. Okay, which is also so it's still sixth birthday. Very baby. Yeah. And he's just precious. He wakes his mom up and he's like, I got your breakfast in bed. And, and she's, she's like really sweet, sweet about, about it. it. Yeah. She's, she's like, a great that's mom. So, that's so nice of you, honey. How about I eat this a little bit later? And he's like, okay, and that like, it's like a really good way of not hurting your kids' feelings. Yeah, it seems like um the father has passed mm-hmm. away. I think is what it's implied. Um, uh, I don't. Based on there's one line where Chucky's like, or Andy says, "Dad sent him to to look after oh, me," yeah, which yeah, doesn't yeah. mean he's dead, but he's not in the picture. Is the point? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh. Which I love this mom. They really balance the mm-hmm. line of, like, she can't be a perfect mom, so she's not, like, this weird trope mm-hmm. or idealized version. But she's also not a bitch mom. So it's like, yeah. you're not demonized, she's, you're not heralded. She's right she's on the really line of, well like, believable human woman. woman. In the 80s. Yeah. She's, yeah. like, really yeah. well written. Like, she's trying her best to be a single mom and raise this kid. And, like, they live in, do they live in Chicago? I they live in the middle of the city so? and so it's expensive yeah. you know like and yeah. they're clearly struggling and she can't get him yeah. and a lot of stuff for his birthday and he yeah. really wants this doll yeah um, and he like he's like really excited and thinks that like the present that she has wrapped for him is the good guy doll but I think it's just like accessories or something it's like a toolbox yeah and, it's like based on mm-hmm. I know show. she got him yeah. clothes too yeah so yeah. Which, yeah and so he's clearly disappointed. So while she's at work, she buys one of these dolls from like a guy in an alley who's yeah. selling it for cheap, basically. Yeah. She's like, I'll give you ten dollars. Mm-hmm. He's like, fifty. And then she's like, What? And then he's like, thirty. <laughs> yeah, and her she has a friend, um, I can't remember her name at the moment, but yeah. she's like her best friend. Um mm-hmm. I'm looking up a name. And uh, uh Maggie. Aunt Maggie. Maggie. She um has is it seems like a best friend. She covers for her constantly at work. They work mm-hmm. together. Um there's a point where she 
gets scheduled for an extra shift by her boss on her kid's birthday and she's like, I'll just take it. Why why can't I just take it? And it's just so sweet. And then when the boss refuses, she's like, I'll watch Andy until you can come home. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, she is kind of a little rude to Andy when he won't go to bed. Uh, yeah. However, if you've ever looked after kids, there does sometimes get to be a point where you're like, please A little bed. exhausted with them, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, so Andy's mom has to work late, and so her friend is babysitting Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, Andy's mom has come home and given him the Chucky doll before she goes back to work. Mm-hmm. And that's like, like, he names the doll Chucky because he's like, oh, the doll told me his name is Chucky. Well, like, they, like, take it out of the box and immediately set it down, and Andy asks it what its name is, and it goes, hi, I'm Chucky, wanna play? That's right. We're going to be yeah. friends till the end. Mm-hmm. That's important. Remember yes. that. Yes. Remember that he says that. <laughs> so, like, some weird stuff starts happening. Like, while Andy's being babysat, he's mm-hmm. like, Chucky look- said he wants to watch the nine o'clock news. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, <laughs> she just thinks that he's trying to find a way to stay up later. And so she's like, no, go to bed. Yeah, and then, like, she, like, walks into the living room, and the TV's turned on, and Chucky is, like, sitting in front of the TV, and she, like, turns the TV off and, like, takes the Chucky doll back into his room, and she's like, did you put Chucky in front of the TV? And he's like, I didn't do that. And then, uh, so, she's like, so Chucky just walked into the living room by himself and turned the TV on, and then Andy's like, did you do that, Chucky? <laughs> and she's like, go to bed. Like, she just thinks that he's, like, playing this game. And he's very clearly not, because it's not... He's not acting like a kid who is playing a game. It, he just sounds very innocent and, like... I don't know. I've babysat kids who have given A-plus performances. Again, believe children. Always yeah. believe children. But at the yeah. same time, sometimes they do fu- be fucking with you. Yeah, but, like... But you can kind of always tell when they're lying. Especially yeah. at such a young age. It's very obvious mm-hmm. when they're lying. Mm-hmm. And I feel like nothing that Andy says indicates that, like, he's lying. Yeah. He's just, like, he kind of seems befuddled about it, too. Like, yeah. oh, I don't know, maybe Chucky did do that. And, like, at this point, I feel like Chucky has already kind of, like, secretly shown him that he's alive. Because, like... He's been, like, whispering in his ear and, like, all this other stuff. And yeah. it's, like... Yeah, especially, like, after what happens to Maggie is revealed. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is the point where he's, like, talking to Andy. Like, they're playing together and it shows Chucky, like, dividing his attention between the TV and Andy. And then Andy leans in to hear what he's whispering and stuff like that. And Maggie's just mm-hmm. not paying attention. Yeah. So, yeah. like, he goes to bed and then... Uh, Chucky, uh, well, we don't know it's Chucky, but it's definitely Chucky. Chucky, like, attacks Maggie, and, um... Yeah, we get, like, a first-person POV shot of him pushing her out the window. Or, no, he hits her in the head with a hammer, Mm -hmm. and then she kind of flies... Then I think he pushes her out the window. She, like, stumbles out of the window after, like, being hit, um, and, like, falls, like, three stories or something like that. Um, there's, like flower all over the kitchen and there are very clearly like footprints with like the good guy 
uh, logo and stuff on the bottom. And so when, uh, when they, when, uh, what's her name? The mom. Uh, Karen. 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 Yeah. So when Karen gets home, there are like police everywhere and, uh, she's like freaking out and like, uh, the, I guess the police officers have already gone through like a bunch of stuff in her home and they're like, well, none of his shoes match, uh, like these really small footprints that we have. So like, it's obviously not Andy, but then, uh, they like catch a glimpse of his like little, like good guy slippers and they have like the same kind of print on the bottom as the Chucky doll. And so they're like starting to suspect that uh Andy somehow did this. Which is got to be the dumbest detectives in the world. I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah. why like how do you think that a 6-year-old killed this adult woman? Like even if a 6-year-old is capable of like wanting to commit murder? Yeah. The how would he physically be able to push an adult woman out a window yeah. and like overpower her? Like it's a it's definitely a leap in logic. If it if it were me as a detective um and this is what was like something that is supposed to be plausible my first thought would be there was an accident and like he was there yeah and, yeah like, she just but at the like, same time the like window. you know the movie's trying to create tension and stuff so yeah sure i'll buy it i'll yeah. buy it um anyway but chris orandon's character who's the detective is like you know still trying to like put all these pieces together and then Things start getting weirder. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! So... Like Karen talks to Andy and is kind of at a, at a certain point, Andy puts two and two together that Chucky is the one who killed Aunt Maggie, and he he's so proud of himself for figuring it out. Too, he runs out immediately and tries to tell the detective and his mom, like Chucky did, Chucky it. did it. And then when his mom tries to like talk to him more about it after the detective leaves, because nobody believes him. Um, he's like, yeah, he said Aunt Maggie was a real bitch and got what was coming to it. And again, this kid is so fucking cute that as soon as he said that, I was like, oh my god, no! And at this point, I think, is when the mom starts to have that doubt of, like, my kid would never say this. My kid doesn't know how to say these things. So I think this is where in the mom's performance you can see, like, she doesn't believe that he is capable of this. Something else is going on. I don't think she suspects chucky sincerely at this yeah. point but she she believes her son as like i feel like her character like as a single mom would know like if he was like watching something or like listening to something that had that kind of language because she would catch onto it and turn it off and like not let him near that kind of stuff because i feel like and it's just such a specific phrasing about yeah maggie and stuff like that yeah um so like yeah at that point she's like something's going on with that damn doll (laughs) yeah Um, so yeah then the next day andy skips school and goes takes a train downtown with chucky because uh, Chucky's basically just telling him what to do, mm-hmm. and basically Chucky's trying to find his former accomplice and kill him in revenge for leaving him behind. Mm-hmm. And so he causes like this explosion and like sneaks into the guy's house, and 
later the police find Andy, like, wandering around near where that happened. So, they, again, they think that he did it, which I'm like, how would a child do this? But okay. Yeah. And so they take him to, like, this... It's a very specific thing for a child to be doing to to go after, like, a specific person and blow up a building. Yeah, and, like, he's insistent that Chucky did it, and so they take him to a psychiatric hospital, and it's very traumatizing. Yeah, this is the scene that really upsets me. They're, like, threatening to take him away from his mom, Mm -hmm. and he's, like, super upset. And then, and a little bit later in the film, too, we get this where he's... Because Chucky has threatened to kill him if he doesn't do what Chucky says. Mm-hmm. And so he's, like, crying, and he's like, he Chucky's see- gonna come get me! Like, Chucky's gonna kill me! He sees Chucky out the window, because Chucky figures out where they put Andy, and, um, so, like, Chucky's, like, climbing these stairs, like, on the other side of the building, and Andy sees him, and he's sitting there, like, crying his eyes out like he's gonna kill me and like literally every time i watch that i get like so upset it makes me start crying it's so upsetting like i just want to hold this poor little child yeah and comfort him That's they fair. like put it they put him in this room alone by himself it's like this really tiny room and like they have like this doctor like talking to him through this like tiny ass window in the in the door and it's like it's like a really horrible place it's to put so a child messed up. Like, you are correct i am gonna show my ass a little bit as a terrible person where there is a bit where he's telling his mom and the doctors what's going on and then he like beats the shit out of chucky for a little bit because he's so frustrated and because he's a little boy performer and he's, like, doing little boy performer things, it's so fucking cute when he, like, beats the shit out of Chucky. He's like, say something! And he punches him in the face and then he keeps punching him. And I can just imagine the director, like, telling him, like, yeah, hit him again. Really, really <laughs> shake the doll. Really beat the shit out of him because that's where my brain goes. Because I had this conversation with someone the other day of, like, do you think it's responsible to put children in a horror movie scenario and it depends for me on like how the director treats the oh, experience. Yeah, it, sometimes from what I've seen, it can actually be healthier because when you show a child, this is a prop, this is a toy, this is how we create the image that isn't real. I think that can be a healthier way to see something than if you're a child like me who watched this movie for the first time by accident while flipping through channels at a very young age. And I didn't have that knowledge that it's just a movie because, like, all movies are real to kids, at least yeah. usually. So, like, if you really get to have that step by step process, yeah. Yeah. I feel like just like the idea of toys coming to life and being mean to you is just a very scary concept for a child. Yeah. I was yeah. terrified of dolls in general as a mm-hmm. kid. Like, that was the thing I was the most scared of. So, just hearing about the Chucky movies made me extremely yeah. scared I, I i was never allowed to watch them but like i always heard like stories about like there's an evil doll named chucky and yeah. he'll pretend to be normal and then he'll get you yeah <laughs> i was so um, terrified of just the concept and yeah. then when i watched this movie as an adult i think like once you become an adult you kind of realize like oh this is you like kind of a ridiculous concept chucky and yeah. like he can't really do much to you, but for a kid, that's scary because he yeah. is like kid size. Mm-hmm. It, like, yeah, it, and I like, think for me, that's Chucky why Chucky interacts with you one on one as like a kid. Like, 
when, when you have toys and like you're playing with toys all of the time it's like really scary because it's like oh this thing that i've like kind of been projecting like my my fun like little scenarios on uh actually hates that and wants to kill me because i'm playing with them <laughs> like that's... well and i think that's the part of the reason why they go down the andy feels isolated route and like why they kind of go around the whole like uh, yeah it's clear he didn't do it but also like this feeling of being isolated and no one believing you because that is the threat of chucky it's like mm-hmm. when you and the vulnerability of being a child because again once he's like you know in it's chucky versus adults it gets a lot more ridiculous and then lean mm-hmm. into the camp but with the horror of this one it's like no one yeah. believes me and i can't get him to like do come alive for these adults so it's just mm-hmm. me against the world essentially which is terrifying when you're already a child and everything feels so out of control anyway yeah um, it, yeah, it's just, like, kind of, it's, it's kind of a story about, like, you know, children aren't taken seriously enough for them to, like, actually be listened to and, like, how important it is, like, to, like, listen to what a kid has to say and if they feel like they're in danger and that, and they feel like they kind of know what's going on, then you should believe them and listen to them because, like, their people (laughs) and to be fair that's when this is the moment when she picks him up from the psychiatric facility his mom Mm -hmm. she like starts interrogating chucky she's like before this um so like chucky does bite her and like attacks her at her house and so like she's trying to convince uh no 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 wait i want to break this scene down because this is the best scene in the movie Yeah, and I want to say, like, before this, Chucky also, like, gets into the building and they're trying to sedate Andy because they think he's, like, having a psychotic episode or something and he, like, stabs the shit out of the doctor. No, this is, that's later. That's later. Oh, okay. Okay. Never mind. Because, like, at this point she takes, do, do they leave Andy at the hospital, but she takes Chucky and yeah. like yeah. then she starts interrogating it and she's like talk damn it and then she just keeps going um and then she realizes like she looks at the box she's trying to figure out what's going on with it and then the yeah. batteries drop out of the box yeah and then she goes and picks them up and she opens the back and there's no batteries and then his head snaps around and goes hi i'm Jack. You want to play and oh that's so good it's mm-hmm. so good. oh it's so scary and then, and then she, she's like talk she, or i'll throw you in the fire and then he immediately like gets all animated and he's, and he's like you fucking bitch and like starts like attacking her <laughs> i love the effects on chucky in this movie too because mm-hmm. it's a practical so like, yeah a it's like, of, like animatronics yeah animatronic. and, uh, they have like somebody in a costume running around as chucky for like uh like back shots or like like far away shots where he's like running around yeah Yeah, they they strike a really good balance of, like, good framing, but also Mm -hmm. knowing how to frame the trick so that it's not too obvious. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think the effects, like, hold up really well. Mm -hmm. Do you guys want to know a fun fact? I can't remember if it's the animatronic from this movie specifically, but one of the uh, Chucky dolls, like, got de-skinned, and it was used in the Technologic uh, music video for Daft Punk. (laughs) 
Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. I like that. Yeah, it's Re- a it's reuse a recycle. Weird. It's a little weird to look at when it doesn't have the skin on it, <laughs> but you know, whatever. <laughs> Very cool. So yeah, Chucky um, attacks her. She drops him. She he bites the shit out of her, and then he escapes the apartment. So then she goes yes. to find the detective to tell him that hey, my son was right. And I love the cleverness of him, like not believing her because of course he wouldn't. And then she's like, mm-hmm. "Well, look at my hand. Look at this bite mark. Andy didn't do that. Something tiny did it, and there was nothing else tiny in that apartment. So believe yeah. me." And I was like, "That's actually really smart." He's like, yeah. how how did you get that? And she's like, Chucky did it. Like, why would I be fucking lying about this at yeah. this point? But I do understand why he wouldn't believe her. Mm-hmm. It's a little weird, of, like a little ridiculous of a concept. Like, a doll coming to life and killing people? What? Yeah. But then <laughs> right after that, when he goes home, he is attacked by Chucky. Mm-hmm. And so now he, now he knows. Mm-hmm. And he does end mm-hmm. up shooting Chucky who is surprised that he starts bleeding. Because at first, like, Chucky's living it up. He's like, oh, cool, like, I can't die. I'm invincible. Mm-hmm. And this is awesome. But then when he gets shot and starts bleeding, he's like, what the hell? So he goes to the home of the man who taught him mm-hmm. how to, like, transport his soul into a doll. Real quick. Like, what's ha- Real quick. Before yes. we go into that scene, because I believe it deserves to be talked about in depth, I do want to talk about one scene that is hilarious to me because, like, he could have still started, Chucky still could have gaslit this family, including the mom, because the cop did not believe him. But no, Chucky is so obsessed with revenge that he tries to stab the cop that is chasing him down in this really cool car chase scene that, again, <laughs> makes great use of the fact that if we show this doll too much, it's going to look unbelievable. So they gr- create a great horror scenario where the guy's in a car, so he's already at a disadvantage because he has to focus on the road, and then Chucky is in the back seat, and he is stabbing yeah. through the seat. So it's really smart that you don't give away the trick, and you mm-hmm. can still have this situation that it's believable that a guy is at a disadvantage to, like, a two-foot-tall doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was the scene I remember catching as a child that like burned itself into my brain. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. you know, we got here partly because of this scene. Thank you, Don Mancini. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I will say like as much as it's fun to joke about like, oh, you could just kick Chucky and he can't do shit. This these films do make do a really good job of making him seem threatening even towards mm-hmm. adults. So yeah. I, I mean, like he's really small. He can hide in a lot of places that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Um, he can jump out at you from, like, cupboards or, like, anything like that. He's, like, like a small ninja, almost. A small ninja. <laughs> well, and with this first movie, too, he, he definitely has the surprise factor. And I guess yeah. on new characters, too, of, like, you wouldn't expect a doll to do this. Like, there's one bit at the end we'll talk about that I think sums up perfectly why it's Chucky gets the drop on so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he goes so to the anyway, home yeah. of the guy who taught him how to do this, and he's like, hey, what what the hell? Like, I thought that I would be invincible. And the guy explains to him that the longer he remains in the doll's body, then, like, the doll will slowly start to become human. And yeah. you can already tell at this point, like... His teeth are now, like, real teeth instead mm-hmm. of being plastic. The, and, like, he starts to look a lot more gnarly. The face has definitely mm-hmm. changed from, like, 
like a like a childlike doll into like it's like slowly morphing into a middle-aged man. Yeah, he kind of has a receding hairline. Yeah, they gave him a receding hairline and a few like gray hairs in his temple. It's and, really like, great. Like the the freckles pattern has changed and like it's really good. Like his brow has gotten like more like like heavy and like his eyes have sunken in. It's like turning it's it's turning more and more into Brad Dorif basically <laughs> and yeah. I didn't I didn't think Chucky looked like Brad Dorif very much, but watching this movie again, I'm like, oh, they definitely took like a little bit of Brad Dorif and put it in this doll. Yeah. Just like yeah. just like in some of the features, not all of them because they still have to make it look like the doll, but like just like a few things. And yeah. I I thought that and was really fun. It looks really gross fun. and I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the puppetry and special He's effects nasty. of this movie. I really want to commend like all the deaths, all the car chase sequences, the explosions mm-hmm. when he blows up his old partner. Like those yeah. are really solid kills. Like I was actually really impressed watching yeah. the effects. I was like, "Oh my god. Hell yeah." Yeah, this is a a really great movie in terms of like creativity for like kills and things like that. Um and I guess that kind of just lends itself to, like, the idea and, like, just, like, the the single premise and, like, having to get creative with evil doll comes to life and kills people. <laughs> and, like, how would this evil doll kill people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, he, uh, kill, so he's, like, fixing the kill, uh, I think the guy's name is James Bishop. That's the guy that, like, taught him the magic uh, john john okay yeah. john bishop i knew it was a j name <laughs> um um but uh so like he's like fixing to kill this guy and he's like you need to tell me how i can fix this and the guy says you need to uh transport your soul into the body of the the first person that you told about your secret which to me doesn't make any sense um, yeah, I, I feel like that was stretch. just a way for him to, like, deflect and, like, try to get Chucky to not kill him in the moment. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, I mean, I think it's just the plot's way of getting Andy back in danger because he's the most vulnerable character yeah. in the show, in the movie. I, like, I, I I'm, think I'm so like, too. sure, fine. But, yeah. it's, for me, I feel like that's just, like, a weird plot point to, like, try and get it reined back in, but... Um, I mean, I, for I me, mean, it's like works. there are certain little. It, someone pointed this out to me in like the film Aliens too, mm-hmm. where um, there are certain things you have to accept sometimes to get characters to the most interesting scenario possible. Yeah, and there, I am willing to some, forgive those things if the payoff some MacGuffins is worth that it. Will always feel like MacGuffins and aren't really well hidden. <laughs> But, you know, like I prefer that to Chucky just like, you know, going around getting anybody because then the stakes yeah. feel higher when it's Andy and then yeah. the de- and, and it can only be Andy like that. Yeah. That feels much more personal with how Chucky kind of gaslit Andy in the beginning. And now mm-hmm. it feels like this. Yeah, just the stakes are higher for everybody. Yeah. And like it's it's all like made up bullshit in terms of the magic anyways so like there's like not really any rules for it so they can kind of do whatever they want um (laughs) yeah 
So he realizes he has to go after Andy. Um, he does end up killing John with a voodoo doll in yeah. kind of a brutal way. Yeah, he's like, he's yeah, like, he you shouldn't tell your clients. Yeah, he, you shouldn't tell your clients where you keep stuff like this. And he just like starts breaking the doll's legs, and like they do like a close up shot of like the guy's legs breaking in real time, and it's like really nasty and gnarly, but it's like really good effects, and the sound is bad. <laughs> It's yeah. not bad, but like it's like it's like that. It makes you noise, feel bad. You know? It makes you feel makes bad. Makes you feel bad in the gut. Yeah. Yeah, um, but again, so, this is uh, just to reiterate. Uh, this character deserved more than yeah. this one scene where he services the plot, and that's all. Yeah, it is feel, a long line and a trope. And I feel like trope. me saying like, "Oh, it doesn't make sense," and it kind of feels like he just didn't want Chucky to kill him in the moment was my way of like trying to give him more personality than he had because he has like like one scene in the movie and that's it. Like that's like the one part that he's like the most important in, and it's just for him to be like the guy that taught Chucky magic. And yeah, now he's he dead. is like the exposition character yeah, in this moment, and that is his purpose. One hundred percent the magical negro trope and it's yeah uh, yeah yeah it's unfortunate it, but it's yeah. yeah it is it is um so that okay this is the point where uh the scene with andy happens <laughs> where he's crying um yeah, also Chucky's real quick like i do want to say the line chucky says before he goes out to andy because it's so stupid Okay. And so inappropriate that I can't help but laugh every single fucking time. He goes out the window. He's like, I gotta go. I got an eight date with an eight year old boy. And I'm like, oh my God, no. Okay, first no. off, he's six. Second off, uh, red alert noises. And also I feel like the um, Chucky is kind of a, a stand in for like uh, an out, like, not a stand-in, an allegory for, like, child sexual abuse in this way, because, like, I feel like you can read into the story as being about that in a way. Um, just, like, the way that, like, a kid is, like, trying to tell people about what is happening to him and no one is believing him because, you know, oh, that can't be what's happening because, the like, so-and-so is just, you know, a, a, a nice, innocent person, like, Oh look at the like look look at this doll. It's it can't do anything. It can't hurt you. You know, that kind of thing. That um, and also on a writer's level, I what one, I think that adds like a layer of like gross and like oh no to it, yeah. which I think cannot be overlooked. But there's also a level to it to me that's more like a writer's thing where you think something will work when you write it down. It's like, "Oh, I have a date with Destiny" or "Oh, I have a date with like you know, the Reaper or something like that. And they, like, think it'll work when you put... But it doesn't. It's just so yeah. weird. And, but like, that's where, like, the camping like that, really shows. I feel like that also kind of lends itself to how nasty of a person Chucky is. That, yeah. like, he would joke about that. Yep. He's a, he's a nasty boy. You don't like Chucky. He's a horrible person. Um, But then he, like... Has a gender fluid kid and he's fine now, I guess. <laughs> he's morphed. He has morphed over yeah, the years, yeah. but in this movie, in this moment, mm-hmm. he he's a nasty boy who needs to die. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, I like Tiffany more anyways, but... <laughs> but I just, I know that line is so deeply inappropriate, but at the same time, it's like such an 80s time capsule of like you can't i hate to be one of those people but you could never get away with something like that <laughs> no yeah yeah so back to like the movie um chucky does attack andy at the hospital and he ends up killing the doctor but Andy manages to get away and he try like he goes back to his apartment. So his mom and the detective are trying to find him because now they know the truth about Chucky. And his mom's like, oh, Andy would go home because that's where I always tell him to go if he's in, in trouble. Which honestly, impressive this kid knows his way home. Yeah. Because like- Honestly, yeah. When I was like, that age, I definitely would not have known. But anyway, good good for this kid. So he makes it back to the apartment. He's like locking himself in his room and Chucky's following him. There's a really funny scene where Chucky's just like sitting in an elevator and these people are there and this old lady like looks at him and is like, that's one ugly doll. And then when they leave, Chucky's like, fuck you, lady. <laughs> and it's very funny. I agree. Oh, that bit is fun. And then, yeah, there's this, again, this is a scary moment for me where he's like, you get a POV kind of chase of Andy trying to get away from Chucky in the apartment and then Chucky knocks him out. Yeah. And he almost succeeds in transferring himself to Andy's body. But at the last minute, Andy's mom and the detective burst in. There's a very long fight scene and climax and uh, I would say it's well done. I don't want to, like, describe every detail of it because it's so long. But, like, it, it feels is a good like, climax. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they compensate for the fact that he's, like, a tiny doll with, like, it's, to me, it's similar imagery of, like, when a cat is fucking pissed at you and is, like, going at you. Where yeah. it's, like, that's how dangerous it is. And There's this unpredictable fury. Yeah, if he if he doesn't have a knife in his hands, he just kind of, like, starts, like, clawing at and you. Biting. And biting. Yeah. And he is, I mean, the benefit of being in a doll's body is that, like, it makes him harder to kill. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah. They're, like, trying all these different yeah. things. They, like, throw him in the fireplace at one point. Which, that is a great scene. And they, they, tra yes. they, trap, they trap Chucky in the fireplace. And uh, before they uh, light him on fire... Um, Chucky turns to Andy and says, But Andy, I thought we were friends till the end. And then Andy lights a match and says, Everybody together now. Three, two, one. This, this is, is the end, end friend. friend. <laughs> it's so, so good. good. Oh, it's such a badass moment. Too is perfect from that little boy because he's been so sweet the whole movie, but like you get a bit of mischief in that one line, and I mm -hmm. love it. And like after you see a character suffer so much and. I feel like this is the most satisfying thing you can do where, like, everyone is who doubted him now knows he was right. And he gets to be the one who delivers, if not the killing blow, the blow that weakens Chucky the most. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, he sets him on fire. And, like, so, like, for the, like, rest of the movie, he's just, like, this nasty, like, 
half robotic of skeleton. skeleton. Yeah, like one of his eyes is like kind of popping out. Mm-hmm. He's like all like mm-hmm. melty and nasty. And he just they def they have to like keep because he keeps coming back. And yeah, then they have to like shoot him. His head gets ripped off. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so like so like they uh after they set him on fire uh. He, like, comes back, and he's like, hello, Andy. And he's, like, very, like, slowly, like, stalking Andy through the hallway with the knife raised. It's a really good shot, because it's just, like, a little silly, but also very menacing at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then the mom, like, shoots him several times, and then, like, knocks his head off. Um, And then the detective comes in, he's like, I believe you now. And, uh, they're, like... And shoots him, I think? Yeah, he shoots him again. Everybody gets a piece of Chucky in this final fight. (laughs) Which uh, I enjoy. And, uh, so, like, then, like, this other detective or police officer comes in. He's, like, he's, like, uh, don't touch it. What the hell happened here? Yeah, and, like, and, uh, and Chris Sarandon's character is, like, don't touch him. And, uh, the guy... I love that he's just upfront about what happened, too. Yeah. Like, he doesn't try to come up with a lie, like, oh, someone snuck in, and yeah, it was him. He's like, yeah. no, Chucky is alive, and we need yeah. to kill this doll. Yeah. And so, like, this guy, like, being an idiot after being told not to touch anything, starts messing around with Chucky's head, and he's like, this doll isn't alive. And then, like, as soon as he says that, uh, Chucky's body runs out from the vent and starts, like, choking the shit out of this guy. And I was prepared for love to just let that guy die because he was being an idiot. Me too. I kind of wish he had died in the horror movie world. Um, yeah. Also, I just love that Chucky at this point is just going, choke, throat, die. I'll choke his throat and I'll, I'll kill him. I'll gouge his eyes out. <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, saying all these things that he wants to do to this guy. And it's very funny because you, you just have to think about, like, uh, like Brad Dorif in the ADR booth, just like saying all this shit, and then, <laughs> and then like being like, "Is that good? Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, a little more duh on the die. You got it. Yeah. Do you want like more like grunts and like screaming? Do you want that, or do you want me to just like keep saying what I'm doing over and over again? Yeah. A little both. Okay. <laughs> a little both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then. What happens with the body? I don't remember. Do um, they, like... The body just kind of falls apart, honestly. Oh, they they like, shoot him, like, several times and, like, knock his, like, limbs off. And I guess he can't move yeah. anymore. Um, yeah, because the death is, like, three-tiered. You got Andy with the fire, the mom with the decapitation, and then the police officer with the gun. Yeah. Shoot with the body. So, you yeah. know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, and then, like, the last shot yeah. of him is, like, his head... And it's, like, his, his like, normal voice, and then it kind of, like, drifts off into, like, the good guy doll voice, where it's, like, hi, I'm Chucky, you wanna play? <laughs> and um, then Andy gives him the most stone-cold, like, fuck you <laughs> look yeah. as the movie ends, where they walk out. Yeah. yeah. Um, very good movie. Um upsetting at points but very good movie Um, yeah i think this movie has an equal amount of camp and horror mm -hmm. maybe not on the level of evil dead 2 where they're like the one and the same 
but yeah. more of a level of like there are different scenes and scenarios where one takes precedent yes. and like overall the the distress of this little child is played straight throughout and that mm-hmm. is also very effective both emotionally and um horrifically yeah. all, like all of the stuff like that happens with chucky and the adult characters in this is played like kind of for laughs but like everything that happens with with andy like is played pretty seriously like him crying in that room is like so upsetting to watch and like they don't like sugarcoat it or like throw in any jokes about it it's just like oh this kid is in distress and we're gonna show that because this is like serious for him like that that's a very serious situation for a child to be in um mm-hmm. yeah so i kind of wanna... know um oh go, go ahead. ahead sorry oh no no go please no you go ahead i'm fixing to change subjects so you go ahead oh, okay I um i was just gonna say i will still give this movie one of the most what props for one of the most terrifying moments of all time and i think it's fe- been featured on both um top 101 scariest movie moments of all time um the scene where she discovers that there are no batteries in chucky and like she know it's like when you know something's not right but you ha- but nothing the shoe hasn't dropped yet and that tension yeah. is masterfully done yeah it is um so i wanted to like switch over and kind of talk more about don mancini and like his life a little bit and like how he kind of decided to write this movie um so like he like obviously like saw cabbage patch kids and were like i kind of want to write a movie a little based on cabbage patch kids and how crazy it is that people really want them because like what if it was you got it in your house and it wanted to kill you (laughs) um but he, he was actually inspired by um uh like that twilight zone episode the living doll episode um and uh realized that nobody had done like a feature length movie like that before and like um really wanted to write that so he did um but like uh the thing that like i'm really interested in um is that uh he is a gay man and um he uh Maybe not so much in the 80s because it was pretty taboo, but very recently um, is, like, very adamant about, like, creating queer characters and, like, having that representation in his movies. Um, Starting with, um, I think, Seed of of Chucky is the one that he directed. So, like, that's kind of, like, the one where we get more explicit, like, gay and and uh like queer representation as a whole starting with like glenn and and glinda um because like that that's kind of like a a really big thing because that movie came out in 2004 and that was like one of the first non-binary gender fluid characters that i've ever seen in a movie (laughs) yeah um and uh so like because he is a gay man and like really wanted all this representation. Um, I went back and like, kind of was like looking at uh, the personal life tab on Wikipedia is very small, but it says that his father um, was uh, 
abusive towards him for being gay. Um, and I feel like maybe that kind of informed how he played, like, Andy in his scripts. Like, as a kid who, like, you know, like, as a kid who, like, really needed someone to listen to him and, like, was receiving this abuse and, like, no one was doing anything about it. Yeah. Um. Which that, that is interesting because the original draft of the script was a lot more like Andy was a lot more of an instigator because he Mm. he was basically suffering a lot in his life so his mom is working a lot his dad is not around and he's just angry and like his teachers don't treat him well and so in the original script like he makes a blood pact with Chucky basically and Chucky And that's what brings Chucky to life. Mm -hmm. And then Chucky starts killing all the people who were causing Andy trouble in his life. Interesting. Yeah, so you can kind of see a a few elements of that. Mm -hmm. And Don Mancini has said that a lot of his original script was thrown out. Like, I guess the elements were not his idea. Yeah, there's. uh, it says he was a co-writer with uh, the director Tom Holland and another guy named John Lafia. Um, so I feel like a lot, like a lot of stuff that probably got thrown out was like, um, yeah, like that stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, unfortunately, like that is just kind of how it goes in the film industry, but it sounds like some of those ideas were used in later films. Oh yeah. Uh, like the blood pack thing. I feel like the Chucky TV show was just like, uh, we're gonna take this original idea and actually use it and like have Chucky kind of be like. A weird little protector of uh, the kid in in the TV show, um, and like the it kid, is. the kid in that show is uh, explicitly like a gay character, and uh, it's it's like played more as like kind of a comedy um, than like this movie is. It's more like this movie is more like a, a ser- serious in some parts and campy in others, but like it's it's played a lot more you can tell the overall effect they're going for is horror yeah yeah you know yeah yeah like there are some moments they can't deny kind of the ridiculousness of what they're doing like chucky going bitch in the elevator or like saying weird quips and they expound on these in the next few movies when like in this first movie the jig is up the audience knows who he is and how he operates so they just I think the smart move was to lean into the ridiculousness of it so yeah. that it would have longevity. They kind of don't do that until Bride of Chucky, though. Like, um, Child's But, like, Play those films are, Child's like, Play notoriously Play known for not being the ones people prefer, to. Yeah, Child's Play 2 and 3 are kind of, like, just this movie, but, like, a little watered down. Um, uh, I will say, though, like, there are some characters in child's play 2 that i really like that end up in the chucky tv show um and they're expanded on a lot more in the chucky tv show that i really like oh that's cool um i think we should definitely cover all of these movies at some point yeah but um for absolutely i'm sure there are lots of hidden gems there too but like chucky became an icon because of bride of chucky really Um, yeah so like those two movies, I think also have to do with Andy, and it's just like Chucky kind of haunting him and like coming back um, at I certain always, points of his life. I always feel bad for characters like that when they mm-hmm. keep having to come back. I'm like, oh, these horror characters like just can't get a break. Yeah, like I will yeah. say, there's not 
there's not a lot that, well, I haven't watched it in a while, but there's not a lot that really happens in Child's Play 2 that's super significant, I think. But in Child's Play 3, they take Andy to military school. And that's, like, a really weird setting to put Chucky in. <laughs> I, can, like, yeah. I can see it working, though. It's, it's like, really strange and, like, at some points it doesn't fit, but at other times it's very funny. Um, yeah, we'll have to, like, watch them at some point and talk about them because they're just kind of a little ridiculous. Um, yeah. And, like, and like it's still kind of, like, they try to play it pretty serious, like this movie. Um, but I, I feel like it really comes into its own when you get to Bride of Chucky because that's when you... That's when you get Tiffany, and then, like, you start getting, like, all the fun campy stuff. Um, and you get and, like, kind of start... the Chucky redesign that I feel like yeah, is like warring the, for the supremacy with the original where Chucky. Where he's got, yeah. like, an eye popped out, and, like, he's got, like, his, his hair face stapled is stitched back together. Him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get Chucky dolls at our work sometimes. Yeah, we do. It's very mm, funny. Cool. We work for a thrift store chain, so... Uh, it's... I wouldn't date you if you were G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's it yeah. for this episode. Thank you all for joining. And if you haven't seen Child's Play, I recommend it. Yeah. I think that it's definitely different than the reputation that the series has, but yeah. I still think that this first movie is worth watching just... It's just a good horror movie. It's scary. It's it's funny. The acting's really good. Mm-hmm. The effects are really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're a completionist I... and you you know you <laughs> want to watch all of the big name horror franchises, this is yeah. definitely one that you shouldn't miss out on. Yeah. If you haven't watched yeah. all of these movies already, uh, check them out because they're a lot of fun. Um, if not a little upsetting, at least in this first one with Andy being isolated and alone and very scared and crying um every time i watch that scene it just makes me cry like i i I literally cannot control it i've seen that scene like maybe three or four times at this point and every time he starts crying i'm like i'm like somebody help this fucking child yeah his crying is so incredibly believable like i i i make jokes when he's like beating the shit out of chucky but when he's crying he's crying and i cry yeah, yeah, it's on par with, like, Jacob Tremblay's scenes from Dr. Sleep. Oh, yeah. Oof. That's, like, one of the other most upsetting things I've ever seen in a horror movie. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that, that's Child's Play. We will be back very this soon. This is the end of the <laughs> podcast, friend. That is right. It's okay, we'll be back later, just like Chucky. <laughs> yes, we'll never yeah. die. Yeah. The end of the podcast episode, friend. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off, Kai. Please You're good. do uh, the so thing. Stay, stay tuned for future episodes. We are going back to a every other week schedule mm-hmm. instead of every single week because we are all just extremely busy. And yeah. it's easier for us to do it this way for now. We got jobs, man. <laughs> yeah. This is a fun hobby. But, but thank you all sincerely thank you for sticking around happy pride to happy pride if you would like to support us you can find us on twitter for now at chainsaw matinee 
We're um, trying to figure out a way to of... move to a different platform, but yeah. like, there's not a lot of platforms that are really good for advertising podcasts, except yeah. for uh, maybe YouTube and putting clips on YouTube. But other than that, we also have a TikTok. We, we do. do have a TikTok. We also have a TikTok that's Chainsaw Matinee. So stay tuned. I think we're going to try to branch out into different social media. It's just. Twitter's kind of a mess right now. Yeah. So we're looking into other options, but we are still on there if you have one and you want to follow us there. Yeah. We have a Patreon if you want to help support us that way. That would be really great. That helps us. I want a Chucky doll for my birthday. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, please give to our Patreon. (laughs) Start getting enough funds through Patreon. Eventually, it is my goal to hire an editor. Since right now I do all the editing, and if we can do that and hire an editor, yeah. then we'll go back to doing every single week because it'll save us some time. So that's kind of our goals for the future. We definitely want to keep growing, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's all the. It's Pride right Month. Now. If you want to throw a couple dollars at your at your local gay podcast, uh, please do. <laughs> that would really help. Yeah. Pretty please. Por favor. Please. <laughs> so stay tuned for next time. And until then, watch out for dolls and may your nightmares be plentiful. This is the end, friend.